The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Bunch of communists. Yeah. No. So let's talk about that. <laughs> no. Apparently we refuse to move on to whatever Colton's talking about. Caleb, you seem frustrated. No, I'm as happy as <laughs> You know what? I'm unplugging my mic. <laughs> Don't patronize me, Colton. I wanted to talk about angels. <laughs> All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Caleb. To my left is... I am Joshua. To my left is... I'm Joel. And to my left... I am Colton. And back to my left... It's me, Caleb. Full circle. We're actually in a circle this time. There's four of us. We can yeah. do it. It's First time in a long time. I'm, I'm very excited. Sadly, we're missing Stuart as per the norm, but he knows and you know the show must go on. Joel... Yeah, we do things on the internet. This is on the internet. What else? Where can we find the things that we do? Yeah, check out uh, everything we're doing right now at secondratesaints.com. Um, if you want to see our weekly episodes or our blog post or book reviews or really anything that you've uh, heard about down the Second Rate Saints, um, I don't know what to call it, group of projects. Um, and keep an eye out for things that we're doing in the future because we have some, some great ideas that we'd like to um, put out there in the next little while. So keep an eye on that. Um, if you would like to follow us for updates, check us out on the Instagram X and yeah, Instagram and X is probably the best ones. And then uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, use our YouTube comment section, our chat feature on our website, or email us at secondratesaints@gmail.com. If you'd like to contribute to the financial growth of Second Rate Saints, um, go to buymeacoffee.com slash secondratesaints. Um, that helps us get new equipment and kind of expand the vision of this ministry podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Joel, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to get you to talk even more. Uh. <laughs> you read, you've read books before. You, you're probably even reading books right now. Not right right now, but in general. Mm-hmm. What have you read? I, so this one's a little bit weird for the podcast, but when is it not? Um, I read through Mistborn by, uh, Brandon Sanderson and Brandon Sanderson is a, like a, a fantasy writer. Um, he's a Mormon, uh, but <laughs> that's all you that's need important. to know, but you know, that's all you need Instantly. to know. End of review. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so you'll, you'll be reading some of his stuff and, and you get these kind of Christian parallel, uh, mortals, I guess you'd say. Right. Like if he does uh, kind of moral questions within the stories of his fantasy, they're usually pretty good and will align with Christian faith only because the morality of Mormons is about the only thing that aligns with Christian faith. Um, yeah. So it gets super weird and cool. Mistborn is uh, a pretty awesome story that I'm not going to spoil for anyone if you want to read it. But if you like um, heists and fantasy, read it feels what, weird recommending on this podcast. What's the good. age demographic? And like, not just the age demographic, but also like the target demographic. I mean, I would have lost my mind if I found this in high school, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I, I would have gone way too deep into it, right? Like I, like I didn't, I don't know, Narnia. I got super into it, right? I could just hyper fixate on it. Um, now I read fantasy a little bit 
you know, more reserved a little bit, uh, pace myself a little bit better. But I mean, yeah, if you're younger, if you're a teenager that wants to read fantasy that isn't, you know, terribly sexual, right? Because mm. that happens with a lot of fantasy novels. And, but you still want some of that, like, edge that, that uh, um, yeah, it's, yeah, cool. check out Brandon Sanderson. Josh. Uh, Josh has also read it. Yeah, you've also read it. What are your two cents? Yeah. Um, I I think I, I loved it. The, yeah. The, it gets a bit depressing and dark, and that's because the world is going through a, like, it's in, like, an apocalyptic time period. Yeah. Like, Nobody sees the sun, the it's red skies, it's desolate, it's in a dystopian like setting. But the the characters are fun, the people are funny, mm-hmm. the and like the it's the it's the not giving up hope in the face of overwhelming odds that is like the one of the carry through themes that is just great. Because mm. like at any time these characters for good reason could just be like we're never gonna win like this sucks yeah but like they just keep fighting hmm. and it's right. a great yeah it's a and great Sanderson story. nails his endings too oh right like th- this is actually a pair of trilogies so mm-hmm. it's the first three is like arrow one and then the yeah. second three or arrow two um and there will but be the way he ends the first book which is the one I just yeah. finished um it's just killer every time that he. Oh yeah. Every ending that he has, he's like, "Oh man, that that was so cool." Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Brandon Sanderson's pretty famous for his other set of books, the uh, mm-hmm. Stormlight Archive, Way yeah. of Kings, stuff like that. Um, how does this compare with that, and like, what relation do they have? The can I? He gives a difference to them where he's. He mentioned that the Way of Kings is like his mag Stormlight Archive is his magnum opus, like his Lord of the Rings. Right. Whereas the Mistborn is his like Dark Lord fantasy. Like okay. mm-hmm. kill the kill the dude with the black mask at the top of the volcano. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what happens, actually. It's yeah. not that far right. off. And so the like that's where he's like, that's just the you know, the classic fantasy story. Right. But the Mistborn is a key feature in his grander plot of what he calls the Cosmere, which is like a a, a group of universes connected to each other. Mm-hmm. So that's not, not a, a multiverse. It's not a full multiverse. Oh my gosh, it's getting complicated. So, yeah, because you know, the multiverse is like it's unintentional, right? It's just there's things happening, but it's the the different worlds are connected intentionally, mm. and there's a there's a correlating plot that branches between his series and his books. Okay. So how would you guys rate the book? One to five. Oh, like a four and a half. It might be a three and a half for me. Mm-hmm. Oof. Scathing. I don't think like <laughs> I would always point people to Stormlight before I do Mistborn, but I just finished Mistborn and I've read more Stormlight. So maybe if I yeah. read more of the series, I'll kind of get more of a taste for it. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh, what do you think of the, the, the cover? I picked this one because it's the coolest one. That's yeah. not the coolest one. It's the one I have. I actually don't like. Um, what? The, so there's multiple covers. So this yeah, is it was like no, arbitrary. Tw- like 20. There's multiple covers, but that one, let's say a three. That's, what does that a mean three? for an audio listener? So it's, it's <laughs> the one where Vin is jumping in front of the red sun. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a five out of five. Right. The reprint. This is awesome. Yeah, but fair enough. 
I think the purple cover that's like the mass market paperback is mm-hmm. the best. But the um, UK version of the mass market pa- paperbacks, they're all white with black silhouette on them. Oh, yeah. And then like they're, they're so nice. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to sit. No, the Mistborn yeah. is great. It would be a very cinematic and it is planning on coming out in a movie he's, and TV he's, form. Yeah, he's talking about doing like a movie yeah. or whatever. Um, this has shown some of the nerdier mm-hmm. uh, sides of, yes. of Second Rate Saints. Um, do you want to introduce our topic? Sure. Caleb? As well, the title that you clicked on and you know that we're continuing on with our Axe series. We're going to be finishing up chapter four and then we're going to go through chapter five today should be good should be fun i'm excited um josh yes as per tradition can you give us a previously in acts previously on acts yes um so what happened last time is we discussed chapters three and four to verse 31 Mm -hmm. um in chapter three we talked about the lame beggar who was healed and peter and john raise up a man in a very similar manner to Christ, and there's obvious parallels because it's showing you that these men are continuing in the work of Christ and the fact that he said, you will go on to do greater things than I. Mm. Um, and they get pulled up in front of uh, Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin and everything that was the group that crucified Christ. And so these guys know who they are. And Peter, again, gives a, another amazing sermon to these people because of the Holy Spirit's influence on him. Yep. Uh, it was which, only a couple months ago, right? <laughs> the crucifixion yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. It's less than a year old. Mm. So everybody knows the, it's also showing to Caiaphas and the other members of the Sanhedrin that the crucifixion didn't work. Hmm. Right. That killing him didn't stop the uprising of these, of this religion. Right. Um, and so they're panicking and instead, because they can't, they don't kill them. They just say, stop talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Just stop talking about mm. him. They threaten them. They double threaten them actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the believers go on in boldness and pray and are blessed because of it. And the whole earth is shaken and the Holy Spirit comes again in fullness. And we talked about the relationship between that and Pentecost and is there conflation? Is there, is there confusion? Stuff like that. And that brings us to the fact that everybody is in common again. Everything is going well. This is the second time it's happened. It ended at the end of chapter two. But we are starting with this this time because it directly contrasts to the latter portion mm-hmm. of the passage. So there's a couple of times, I think it's three or four times mm-hmm. in Acts where there's like a like a summary where there's like a step back. And it's like, and this is where the community is at. Little snapshot. Yep. Yeah. Part of that is covered. a lot. Yeah, yeah. it's to what level, right? It's basically Acts, unlike Samuel, has a previously in Acts portion set up inside of it. Yeah, um, and part of that was kind of, it blurs in with them coming out of the Sanhedrin. They pray, Holy Spirit comes, and then this section. So that those kind of blur together as one of those moments. Mm. We're sh- cutting it off a little bit because of what's in the content of 32 to 36 similar to chapter five. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, verse 32 to 36. That is, um, because there's a big contrast there. So Josh, do you want to take us away with the first section reading? I guess I can. Okay. I'll start. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. 
and with great power and the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of lands or households sold them and brought the proceeds of that was sold and laid it on the apostles feet and it was distributed to each as any had need. Thus, Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field and that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. What a good man. Good job, dude. Mm-hmm. Good guy. Bunch <laughs> of communists. Yeah. So let's talk about that. <laughs> no. So there's, so there's a ton of movements tangential to Pentecostalism. Yep. But kind of just because... Yeah, they're newer movements and newer movements are associated with slightly older, but still newer movements. Anyways, um, (laughs) there are some groups that claim in an effort to be like the early church, everything in common means communism. Yep. And while that is equal distribution of wealth works on small, small scales, one would say like the family unit, <laughs> um, it doesn't work when it gets as large as the current church, which is why you see so much corruption in those groups. Um, yeah. All right, Joel, question then. Yeah. Do you think that here they lived like a commune? I think, yeah, I think from the outside you would have to say yes. Like if, if someone was to go back now and kind of look at the, the social dynamics, it was. It wasn't for long, but it, you know that was the the origin of it. Um, because on a small scale, that is the best way to care for the widow and the orphan. Um, so I think, yeah, they did so out of necessity. But once you get larger, the, the systems change. Because we're talking five to eight thousand people right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. those yeah. would be the numbers. Yeah. So like a small town, can you work together? Can you share everything? That you're pushing the limit. <laughs> there there <laughs> right is now. there uh, is one thing I would add is that they didn't live with equal distribution of wealth in this time. Mm. Some did own more than others, and that's the whole. From time to time, they would sell it to give to those who are in need. Yeah, yeah. the well, idea, the that's idea is the, less the key part. that they shared everything literally, like it was an actual socialist commune, mm-hmm. but rather that they, in order, it, from the generosity of their hearts, they would give what they had for those who needed it. So not, they didn't just collect it in a big pool of money and then give it to everybody uh, equally and everyone had an equal share in what mm. happened. It was... Um, I have a lot. There's a few people that are that yeah, can't starving. afford food yeah. in our community. Mm-hmm. I will Sometimes sell out of my excess. And yeah. so, so that he can have. When I was reading about um, Christians as the Romans saw them, which is a book that I'm working through. I'd like to write a blog article on it or something um, later for the podcast. However, I'm working through it slow. Regardless, one of the things that's brought up is there's um, clubs and associations like that is very, that was very popular in the first century. Um, essentially, you'd have, think of like, um, think of a guild, but not tied to the market. Right. In other words, it's just kind of like a social club. Right. Um, some of these would be religiously affiliated. Others would not. One of the big things, um, especially for poorer people was they could pool together and they would be like, well, if we pool our resources, um, you pay in whatever, 
um, once a year would be most common. You could then, when you die, we will, that's from that pool of money that's collected, we will, uh, you'll have a burial service, unlike a normal pauper's funeral. Yeah. Right? Um, you'll have a proper burial service. And to a certain, sometimes your your children will be taken care of and you'd have stuff like that. To me, after reading this, after reading that and coming to this, this screams that. Right. Mm. Right. You have, there's a, there's people lacking, but not just like a, for funeral. There's also, there were also other versions of that going on. That's just the example that I, that I, that I gave. Um, to me, this screams that whether you have rich people that give into this pool for, Hey, we need to take care of our other brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. Some of them don't have clothes. Some of them don't have food. Some of them don't have housing. Yeah. And so they have this pool of need, this group of people. And the idea would be that this association, this club, is built on faith in Christ. And this is, I think this is also, I think in chapter five, you're going to get the word used for ecclesia. Yeah. It first kind of pops up in Acts and becomes a very strong pattern moving forward. I mean, I think the, the there's the club, the new identity, the new, and, and you see this with, with, Ecclesia was often used for um, the community in the in the Septuagint, like the Israelite community. Um, and so I think you have, moving forward, you end up having that this is the new God community, right? Mm-hmm. This is God's new community of people, and they take care of one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much like a, like a social support group. Yep. Well, and that's why the passage specifically, Luke specifically highlights that Barnabas is a Levite. Is because in the Levitical law, specifically in Leviticus, there are provisions of providing for the poor based off richer people's possessions. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which I think is the most direct and obvious connection. Do you think that's why he brings up he's a Levite? Um, so there's, there's interesting notions of because Levites... Because people would tithe to to the to the temple so that the Levites had food and money because they couldn't own there wasn't a tribe of Levi that had designated land for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he owns a field is is interesting to note, mm-hmm. and the fact that he's a Levite. Yeah. Um, um, one thing I want to interject uh, is this the same Barnabas Joseph who's called Barnabas? Is this the same one that goes on Paul's missionary journey? I think so. I think it is, I which would so. be the main reason why they bring up his name, right? I think so. Yes, I don't. Yeah, but I mean the the name definitely. But I mean that the fact that he's a Levite and that he owns a field is uh, with ties to the Levitical law and the giving of the poor mm. is interesting. Okay, um, because he he as somebody who knows the Levitical law would know specifically the passages about if a poor man goes into your field and he picks up the grain, you can't bar him from doing so. Or the, the provisions for the poor that God provides in the book of Leviticus. Right. Um, FF Bruce points out that it may be like a farmer's field, mm-hmm. but it also could easily just be a, a burial grounds, which were also sold. Yeah. And so it's not okay. like, it's not necessarily just like an economic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. play. Like, Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that could be more ceremonial. Yeah, things, familial yeah. ties type stuff. Yeah, yeah. which Sorry. actually means it has a different type of weight. Yeah. Well, and what you were saying with the the clubs in Rome is uh, just across the Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in um, Craig Keener's background Bible commentary, he also mentions that there's a lot of uh, 
the Jewish communities in Israel. Very similar. And also across the diaspora. Yeah. They did things very similar. And you mm. see this later on, which we doing some studies on the synagogue of like they had, again, the synagogues had pooled resources to help the poor. And um, for example, which was super cool, was they would pay for orphans, orphan women to get dowries. Mm -hmm. Um, That's neat. Which was super nice. Like, that's super awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, again, you see this a lot of this same ethic from the Israelite culture, both locally cultural and um, Levitical law given by God. Can we take a step back from the text and I can ask you guys a question? Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Am I a communist? Yes. No. (laughs) The money that is pooled is spent not on outreach Mm -hmm. things like food banks for just generic everyone but specifically for the Christians. Yes. Oftentimes, we have, the church spends more money on outreaches just in general and less for outreach for Christians. Thoughts? So what what do you mean by like, okay, because separate from the early church, modern church, you mentioned things like food banks. Mm Mm-hmm. What I'm not saying don't Christian, do those. I, no, I, I think that's what awesome, Christian alternative beautiful. would there be besides like funding for the church itself? Well, it's like or missions. How much of the budget? Now this is getting like super technical, and maybe this is maybe I was wrong to bring this up. But how much of the budget is designated towards? Uh, here, I'll use an example. Something that I would never want to cut from from a a church that I was in. We, mm. the, our church helped fund um, lunches for schools, for the local, for two yep. of the local schools, uh, for kids that couldn't afford um, That's pretty common, lunches. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Great. Cannot share the gospel in it at all. You never see the kids. You cannot give anything, anything in there. It's just a kindness, which is still worth doing. Yep. I agree. Cool. But at the same time, we had people who, you know, they lost their job and their mortgage fell through and there wasn't money, like there wasn't money pooled in the church for things like that. You know, now you can say like, well, was the person irresponsible and blah, 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 blah. Sure. Fair enough. Those, those, those questions should be asked too. But you, you know what I mean? I, Where, I didn't know what you mean. What yeah. Josh is talking about when it's like in the Jewish communities in the ancient church yeah. where you'd have, they pooled to share, for to, to pay for dowries for for yeah. widows. Well, that's, they didn't do that for anyone. They did that for the people Jewish in the synagogue. women. Yeah. And the priority of, um, what would you call that? Ph- um, philanthropy? Philanthropy. Yep. Philanthropy was focused on your own first. At least primarily. Yeah. And with, with a small group like this in the early church, uh, the Christians doing it with their own people. Yeah. Lar- largely, I think it makes sense because so many of them would have been poor and so yeah. many of them would have been starving. As the next chapter is going to show, many of them were, well, at least as it will go <laughs> on, many of them are healed. Many of them are joining uh, yeah. very recently because they're dispossessed and all that. Yeah. Um, modern de- times, I don't think we should allow anyone in the church to be like starving mm-hmm. or falling into such crippling debt that they can't survive anymore. Stuff like that. Well, and like, I agree. Here's an example of this is it, it was both, it was, it was interesting. The relationship that it, 
what it did socially was very interesting because there was in my church, there was a collection that would take food and meals and blah, 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 blah for to help people in the church that were not doing well. Mm-hmm. My mother, when after her divorce, got that basket of food. Mm-hmm. And because what that, it was great. She had, the church was looking out for her. It also told her that she was the one at the bottom. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. so it was, it was that double mm. yeah. accidental message of like how you also have to care about what is the presentation of this? Yeah. Yeah. In the, right. in the group. Um, and it is, it was to help her because she didn't have any financial income at the time and she was trying to find a job and blah, blah, blah. blah. She got on her feet. It was all good. Well, but it was that, that the church came in and helped well, their and, own community. And I but think was, you see from some people who assess the political and sociological landscape, one of the reasons why you don't see one of the side effects of people not buying into either small local community organizations, clubs, quote mm-hmm. unquote, where they, they take care of their own. Like the family cell is broken down. People are less likely to help their family members now, their extended family members. Um, people are less likely to help out their their people in their their church organizations. Mm-hmm. And so the government has to. And so that's yep. why we have the rise of social programs in the government. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I took this way down a rabbit hole. No, you, Sorry, guys. You and I off off the podcast can have a talk about what is the role of the church and what is the role of the government yeah. when it comes to this? But mm-hmm. that is good. That is a long conversation. But I think, but I think that this kind of backdoors into that. Yeah. Where I, I if you want to be like the early church, help other Christians. Yep. I, I think yeah. the, the main question is that should that be a main budget church thing or that should that be something that's shared among the church? Like, individually or corporately I in think that way. you'll find most churches do have what's called a benevolence fund mm-hmm. um, that is set aside for just <coughs> some form of act of goodwill mm-hmm. yeah. right that it's not a it's not a food bank necessarily but it's like a it's, yep. it's a thing well and right? also the church helps each other in different ways like like uh, building projects or like somebody's somebody's like house gets massive water damage because like their dishwasher breaks. Yeah. And so it leaks everywhere. And so every construction worker yeah. and plumber mm-hmm. in the church yeah. comes over and like helping people move. Yeah. We used to cut, um, when yeah. I was in the youth group in the middle of nowhere, small town I used to live in, we used to, in the winter, we used to cut wood for old people who couldn't, uh, who are in the church who couldn't yeah. cut it themselves. The, the benefit of having a group of 300 people from a diverse community of different jobs and lives and stuff like that is that the head of a council will sometimes be the guy who's an accountant in his actual job. And so he knows how to run finances. And then the guy who's in charge of community stuff happens to be like involved in community things outside of the job. Mm -hmm. And so outside of the church. And so they bring in all of these skills. Yeah. 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 Long answer to short answer. I do think, I don't know Mm -hmm. if a church itself should be responsible budget wise, but the church as a, people should be responsible to help each other. Um, Whether that's through the church budget or through individuals acting on their own self, whatever, I I think it's more the the individual rather than the church itself. I mean, you can ask churches for loans. Did you know that? I did not know that, no. That's a thing. Yeah, you can apply for them. Interesting. I, I know yeah. some small churches that have done that. It's super weird. I don't know if I'd recommend doing that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I guess in this, in this case, if yeah, I think it is. If 
you wanted to be like the early church, don't join a commune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help other Christians. Yeah. Be the commune in your heart. But also it's stressed <laughs> on not on what they want, not so that everybody's equal. It's stressed on what they need. What they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And they're of one heart and soul. Yep. Yeah. I think that's most Living commentators I noticed. People. Yeah. Point that, that out. Put a big deal on that. And that's, yep. there's, um, there's probably a tie to Deuteronomy where it's kind of like love the Lord your God with all your heart. And there's like this, yep. it's kind of like with the totality of being, they are of one. Yes. There's, it's emphasizing the union within the body of Christ. Every commentator yeah. I read said and it's also exactly the that. central yeah. passage, verse 30, uh, sorry, the second passage in verse 33 is, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and great grace was upon them all. I was going to ask, what do you think that means? Great grace was among them. Among them or upon them? Sure. Upon them. Which verse? Verse 33. Um, I think it's God's the, grace. Yeah. I, I have NIV though. Yeah. Um, I think it's the 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 benefits and the blessings of being in the body of Christ. What does that mean? That would that would take a commentary for me right now. Okay. I don't know exactly, but I mean the it is the it is the it is the fellowship of the believers, the enjoyment of God's presence. It is I'm gonna, it's not I, the it's not provision. the but but it's not the prosperity end that the prosperity gospel guys go with that yeah. oh they're richer because they're in the community of right. God. It's the it is the 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 peace that passes understanding, the joy of God. I'm, the, I'm gonna go it on a limb. Yeah. And say that it's the the act it's the Holy Spirit acting in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um in spite of their ill education, they're like the the situation around them. They are preaching the gospel. Yeah. And their sin. And it's the body of Christ is growing and is it's it's great. And it's, and that requires great grace. The way that my Bible puts it is that God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them for from time to time. Yeah. They do this. And uh, Mm -hmm. saying that like God's grace was shown by these people doing these acts so I would say it's in God working through those people to give, like yeah. the Holy Spirit working mm. in their hearts to be generous, giving up their land. Dis- despite selfishness and despite... Exactly. It yeah, was okay. the church operating as it ought to, yes. purely because the Holy Spirit was the one doing it through yeah. his people. Yeah. That's the idea. It's awesome. Yeah. I didn't want to be like the guy who was like, I think it's just the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's a, a good answer for it. Joel seconds me. Yeah. Shall we continue and see... The Bible's own counter to this. To bad community. <laughs> to yeah, bad what's, community. The, what's the inverse? Okay. I know what you're thinking. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but somehow Palpatine's return. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't remind me of that. <laughs> uh, chapter 5. But a man named Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart so to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourselves part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? 
Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard of these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon him, all who heard of it. The young man rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Without his wife's knowledge. Yeah. So, in theory. Um. Yeah. Thoughts. I like that he's like, you didn't have to do that. Why? Why did you do this? <laughs> Peter. I like that he's immediately like, you know, you didn't have to show off. <laughs> like you could have just said what you did, but you've lied so, to the spirit. I know uh, this is slightly a tangent, but it does have to do with this first specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> I got down a bit of a tangent doing research for last week's um, yeah. Acts passage and uh, got into the whole, uh, you know, dispensationalism, right? That God mm-hmm. works in dispenses, dispensations throughout history and acts with the church or the Jews differently or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I got into ultra dispensationalism and uh, what's it? Hyper dispensationalism and stuff like that, where rather than like the seven normal ones that people typically say are dispensations like church age, all that. Yeah. It breaks it down to that. The church age is everything that's after acts is ultra nationalism. And then hyper nationalism that within acts itself, there's different points that the church age doesn't actually start until like way later. Um, it, it's weird. It, uh. It's buck wild, but um, it's also in my opinion, very wrong. But, yes. Um, <laughs> it <Josh>. gets, yes. <laughs> it, like, yes. Some of them get into the whole, like the reason <laughs> why God, the, the reason why God strikes down Ananias and Sapphira but doesn't do it today is because of these dispensations, um, which convenient. It yeah, is that's kind of like when you're wrong, a kid and you make up that vampires can't get you under blankets. Yeah, a it's little like bit of that, that doesn't. Well, oh I know. Well, and the nature, the nature. You don't get of that, to just make up what God can do when well, he no, can. And do And the it. problem with that is. That only feeds the argument that the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. Uh, well, no. they, they get into that the church like doesn't actually properly start until Paul because it's given to the Gentiles and stuff, and how this is like still during like kind mm-hmm. of the Jewish age and stuff, and so God acts yeah. like the Old Testament God. Yeah, there's in this no way. there's no covenantal not, through line throughout the Bible in that, which is like you know kind of the whole verbiage of Paul. It's kind of like what? why not use the terms and the concepts presented in the text? What do you mean? Covenants. What do you mean? Sorry, that's, I'm, that's, I'm lost. That's the I'm mindset of going through the Bible, right? That's the there's the covenant of Abraham, and there's right, the right, Sinaitic right. covenant, covenant of David. Then you move forward. Jesus. Jesus. Yep. That's that, and then and then Paul is busy showing the through line through these things, right? Mm-hmm. This is the same faith of Abraham yep. moving forward. Yep. That's the terms and the framework presented in the text. I didn't, you know. I I think that hyper dispensationalist again i'm not an expert i just kind of got down a rabbit hole in this they go that anything before acts really 15 doesn't really count because acts 15 lays out basically the new law and how that works yeah um with the new rules i don't know and that's Either why way. paul calls that the law of grace wait no he doesn't oh i'm um, sorry yeah well um, <laughs> but i don't know the text does fair enough interesting though side tangent yeah uh, it's worth looking into. Um, basically, it's a way of answering the hard question, which every commentary I read had to comment on this on. This is one of the hardest passages for Christians to yeah. accept nowadays. How does this work? How does this fit into the God of grace that we, we know? That it, kind of thing. And it directly relates to one significant story in the Old Testament. 
All of them. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, but preface this a little bit and then you can go for it. Um, Josh, you've made a comment multiple times how Axe yes. has very has like thematic ties to uh, Joshua. Yes. Kind of like has a Pentateuch, goes through, and yep. then there's kind of the actual launching off, the application of what yep. was just done kind of going through. And this is one of those ties. Can you yep. walk us through it? So the tie is is that Ananias and Sapphira follows the benefits of like, hey, look at the good community in the same way that the story of Achan follows the, hey, look at what the Lord just did. He brought us across the the river, mm-hmm. Jordan, where it's the new exodus. We're going into battle. We're going to take this over. It's going to be great. We're walking around the city. It's awesome. Yep. And then they take it over. Great victory. Right. Just like this passage, the Lord is with us. He's present. Great community. Uh, And then Achan steals the gold and robes from what was supposed to be dedicated to the Lord. And then they try to siege the next city and it doesn't work out. Yeah. Why? Why doesn't it Well, they lose to AI in a battle. Yeah. Um, And it's and he hides it from the community. He buries it in underneath his tent. And Joshua the ephod, 30 things of silver and something yeah. else I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and he, the earth opens up that, oh, no, that's Korah's family. No, no the that's, earth that is Aiken. Yep. Yeah. Um, the earth opens up and swallows him and his family. family. Yep. Um, anyways, yeah. So that is the direct parallel of the stories is yeah. great blessing, great victory. We've come into this new place, the land, right? And yeah. And it's a little bit like what happens in, in these types of communities, mm-hmm. like when you do start pseudo-communism, is people become <laughs> dishonest. Yep. And uh, this is God saying that there is no perfect communion without me. Yeah. It also, similarly, what's interesting is the opening, it also draws your mind to the Garden of Eden fall. Mm. Can really? you lay that one out a yeah, little more clear for me? Um the husband or the wife than the husband uh, is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> husband and wife. Uh, there you're in this. What is what is presented as the Lord is with his people. It's great and it's plentiful. Right. Um, paradise. Paradise. And then it immediately follows with a husband and wife sin with uh, and it directly says that the Satan fills their hearts. Yeah. Deceives them. Yeah. I think yeah. that that has a closer tie to. So. Why is the judgment on Ananias and Sapphira so, so harsh? Mm-hmm. And That's I a question. think it's because of, it's not just that they are trying to cut corners. It's yep. not just, I think it is more. It's not just greed. Yeah, it's not just greed. I think there is, there's a legitimate abuse of the church in, in intent, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's the, as if you can go through the motions and then, as Peter's words, lie to the Holy Spirit. Not just because it's not just you're spirit. lying to the church. Like, yeah. oh, you're lying to the church. I made out of the hundred dollars I gave them eighty, and I was like, this is all I got, and then I keep twenty. Yeah. No, it's more like I I think if the if Luke is using the phrase, you know, and and, uh, and Satan does it say Satan? Why or, or has Satan filled your heart yeah. to mm. lie to the Holy Spirit to mm. keep it back? yourself part of the proceeds from the land. Yeah. I think it's, it's part of a larger mm-hmm. rebellion and use of use and abuse of God's new community. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So let's finish the story with Sapphira. Sure. And then we can probably dive deeper into the connections. Um, after an interval of about three hours, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed yourself to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they carried her dead and they carried her out and buried her at beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Yeah. I mean, it becomes a lot more ironic if what they did sell was burial grounds. <laughs> well, that would be uh, Barnabas. Yeah. But if they sold it too, yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, well I mean, I'm just thinking of what yeah. kind of land would they have sold. Or, That's or true. if That's that, funny. or if kind of like in a Joseph way, this was like the, the scenes, the scenes which would appear to be haphazard ended up being beneficial in the end mm-hmm. and the plan of God. If we talked about how Barnabas's field could have been burial grounds. Mm-hmm. And he sold it to the apostles. And then the next story is two people who have to get buried in that burial ground. Well, he wouldn't have sold it. He yeah. used, he sells it and then uses the proceeds. Yeah. Are we just trying to suggest how the chosen should set this thing up? Because <laughs> I think tying those in would be interesting. I, we don't like what this it, because it appears like it was going so well. I, well, yeah, I, I don't know. What, what do you mean? I mean, like, like, like it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. But I mean, like people often bring this story up. It's like you were saying, like Colton was saying the like people are going like, why does God behave this way? People, people that, like I mentioned before with the dispensational thing, promoting the idea that the God is different, that God behaves differently in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He doesn't. But there are many people that will bring that up yeah. as when they see the Ananias and Sapphira story, they go, oh, I thought God was about happiness and forgiveness now when he is and what does that mean about ananias and sapphira then yeah but no but that's what i mean is that when they bring up that idea they go oh but this isn't he's like old testament god again what's going on and it's but that that's from many bad ideas of he's not actually different if they are using and abusing god's church yes i think you can tie in what another author in the new testament the author of hebrews can go like you know what what i'm going to paraphrase what will he do for those who trample on the very blood of, yeah, of his son? Yeah, right. It's a fearful thing to be held in the hands of a living God. Yeah, but but like if yeah. to use and abuse, like imagine if the death penalty was applied to those who broke the law of Moses. Now that the better covenant has come of Christ, yeah, what would God do to those who abuse that? Yes, yes. I think if at, that's at, the context, at the mm-hmm. same time, we um, aren't given the con- enough information to directly say that. Yeah. At the same time, I think it's there. There are quite a few factors I think as to why people can't just accept this. Yeah. Um. One of them is that yeah, God's being mean. Like that's the immediate reaction. Oh, God's being mean. Um. I. I again, I think that's an, one to get over, but it's an emotional argument. Yeah. Um. You have the uh. Why doesn't God keep doing this? Why is this the only time it happens? Why isn't it happening today? That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Which then you can say, oh, how do you know it's not happening? It's like, well, you, know, you look at all the politicians who do things in God's name and give money but don't actually sure. and stuff like that. But whatever. Um, it, it could also be that is what was, was required for such a fledgling and weak community. Yes. Yeah. Um, I agree. And other other things like um, 
they were given no second chance. They were just killed and they're sent immediately to hell is the implication. His his wife was given a chance. But did she you wasn't. Se- did yeah. you sell the money, the field for X money? Yeah. It's also implied that she did not know what happened to her husband. Yeah. So she didn't know what happened. And Peter doesn't. Peter's giving her a second chance because she doesn't have it. She wasn't there the first time. She wasn't there the first time, but also it's. Well, she had the first chance when she lied. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What? Yeah. Continue. Continue. I I think we should just carry on. Um, Okay. Um, So what I I guess the idea that I was kind of going with was that the passage says that uh, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only part of it. Does that mean Peter going into it knew that Sapphira had full knowledge of it? And so does him asking the question preclude that he's because he's he knows what happened, but does he know the full context of her being in on it as much as he does? I don't think we know. Yeah. I don't think you can infer that. Either the question means that he's trying to verify that or yeah. the question means are like second yeah. chance. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there you have is also then there is ties to him being like the prophets of the Old Testament yes. that he knows because God told him. Yeah. And and that's. 100%. And I think that aspect of it mm. prom- also connects to that, to the fall narrative of God asking Adam and Eve, what is it you have done? Mm. And you yeah. see that. Sure. And then also the, it's not referenced as Eve is the one who brought sin into the world, but is Adam because he was responsible. He was the head. Mm. Right. And so you see that same connection there of it was Ananias's, it, Ananias was immediately judged for it. Right. Whereas and she knew. But she knew, well. and so he. Right. There's the there's the relationship of where does the responsibility lie, and if they're following with that that biblical presentation of responsibility, then it falls on Ananias. And we we've talked and, about at least in some of our biblical classes that there is a pattern of sin shown in the Bible of how mm-hmm. people sin. Mm-hmm. They saw, they coveted, they took. Yeah, and this follows that same idea. Like the does it. It doesn't explicitly verbally. Yeah, it it doesn't implication. They they wanted the money. They took the money. Mm. Well, and you Um, see the same like the whole idea of like you're supposed to uh, keep and work the garden, mm -hmm. but they kept the money. Like you see, like the thing that they're. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about that one. I. I don't know. I'm pushing back, Josh. I'm pushing back. Um, The. No, I'm just kidding. Are you going to say the joke about it or not, Joel? No, I'm not going to talk. Okay, I'm going to say it. Uh oh. These are the first two slain in the spirit. Here we go. Move on. Actually, we Guys, say the only two. Considering what we've talked about, like that's horrible. <laughs> well, it I, had to be he's said. Kind of right. I don't understand where we get that terminology of slain in the spirit. Oh, it's it's a ridiculous misnomer that has no place, and, and I that's can't it's figure out where wrong. it's from. What? Uh, I here's the thing. I don't think the action is wrong. Why in the world would you call it that? Yeah. Anyways, um, I think it's just one of those buzz buzzwords. It's one of those things where it's, it's not like, biblical thing. It's a buzzword. Caleb wants yeah. me to read. Should I? It's keep like reading? you have a biblical name, but nobody's reading the Bible anymore. So like, <laughs> little Junior Goliath is running around on the playground. It's like that's not the good guy. Anyways, <laughs> let's keep going. I, you're weasel. Uh, I we have, have a, Elizabeth walking around. I had Wait a, a second. I had a guy at work whose name was Aaron. Yeah. 
and he was the way he was behaving and the way he looked. It was like, oh, you have no idea what <laughs> you are living up to your name's sake. Yeah. Ah, you don't know what eating gold. <laughs> I threw it in the fire and this happened. You, you go Anyways. around the corner and he's making a gold calf. And you're just like, no, uh, actually, maybe he does know. Anyway, carry on. Um, I will continue. Okay. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered them, the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. All of them. Now, what does that mean? Single. What does that mean? I thought Jesus healed everybody because that's the same phrase that's used when Jesus was around. It's another connection to Joshua. That they killed everybody, but then there was more of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They, Jesus healed everybody. And They're going from place to place and everybody's healed just like Josh went to place to place Hyper- and eliminated all the enemies. Hyperbole. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a connection to Joshua that explicit, but pattern. Yeah. Well, it's like you uh, see well, the... I, I think... Yes, yeah, sorry. Continue. continue. Oh, I was going to say, like, there, there's just like in Acts where there's momentary portions where it says they went all around here and all that the church was blessed all around here the church 500,000 were added to their right you see the same thing in Joshua where it's and they went around and all the kings of this area they fought and eliminated all the kings of this area they fought and eliminated all the kings of this area they fought and eliminated and so you see that same like breaking down of the two books of by their success as they're moving through the land yeah pattern yes yeah And so with and in each of those patterns, you see that same phrase of and they killed everybody. And in this one, and they healed everybody. Yeah. Um, Something that's interesting. uh, I've heard a lot of people. What's going on? I don't know if pattern means connection. That's the thing. (laughs) That's that's all my I'm pointing out. I I actually think Josh might be right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a pattern there. But I don't says the biblical theologian. Come on, man. Monkey sees pattern. That's our whole thing. I know, but like we, we also know that the author of of Luke wasn't the most, or of Luke of Acts was not the most like Jewishly connected. Like he didn't do have as many allusions to the Old Testament as like say That's Josh, or John did, or Mark did, or Matthew. Um, especially Matthew. But it's true. Yeah, like that's fair. You're saying that he wouldn't intentionally make parallels between significant Jewish texts and, you know, current historian stuff. Potentially. Unless he hung out with a guy named Paul. Unless that is the pattern of behavior by the people of God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which case, cool. It also could be on, it could be on purpose. Who knows? I'm on Josh's side. I'm not even sure we're on different sides. Guys, we're not. I think we are. We might just be, I think our difference is linguistic. Guys, we're not arguing. Fight. (laughs) No, Uh, the the keep one was a stretch for sure. (laughs) 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 Everything Um, else though, I'm, 100% 100% dying on this hill. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not even sure if I'm fighting. Um, no, Caleb and I don't disagree. We're great. I also, disagree with Caleb. But I'm like Josh. <laughs> Apparently, we refuse to move on to whatever Colton's talking about. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, with P- So I've heard a few people talk about this. Um, I, don't, I don't know if there was in sermons necessarily, but maybe in Bible studies and stuff, um, that Peter... Uh, healed with even just his shadow. He didn't even touch people. Mm-hmm. Stuff stuff like that where 
like the show that uh, it's like the next continuation of Jesus, but somewhat greater. Doesn't kind of. say that they're healed by the shadow. It, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't say that. It says that's what they were there to do, which in my opinion is, well, and but not just my opinion, the commentaries, some of mm-hmm. them I read, saying that um, it was the idea that he had get garnered such a reputation for healing and where it says later that all of them were healed, whether or not it was literally all of them, he had garnered from that such a reputation. He healed so many people that people thought that just being in the shadow might be enough. Yeah. And he did it with such ease and all that. That yeah. he had some magical, basically, property that they could garner through some kind of interaction with him, even if it wasn't technically physical. Like, just, just his shadow. Can, even can, his I, shadow. can I try to tone that down? No. Yeah. <laughs> if the right relationship with God and the holiness that comes through relationship with God Christ, if that is restorative to the brokenness of reality, then it's not like a magical power. It's a, it's a, an, an effect emanating from the people of God. Yes, but the people around it would have seen it as some kind of... Like, sure. Like, like they thought of Bethsaida, uh, the pool of Bethsaida and stuff like that. It's this magical... Yep pool that an angel, angel touches every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. It is godly power. It's not like like witchcraft like we talked about in Samuel, but um <laughs> it still is this thing. Can I can I give another connection to the Old Testament here? I think Luke, maybe unintentionally, is referencing Psalm ninety one. Really? Yes. So think about this. Peter and the Holy Spirit Peter through the Holy Spirit and the disciples are healing in Solomon's portico. Yep. They're near the temple. Uh, and people are coming to them with sickness, disease, and infliction. Does that count as being part like in the temple? Like the temple grounds? I don't I, they're in proximity. Right. But so, Solomon's colonnade, like the column columns that went to the temple, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Psalm ninety one is he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Hmm. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from deadly pestilence. And it goes on to talk about how people that rest in the shadow of the Lord at the shelter of the Most High um, are saved from enemies and disease and infliction. Um. I would say that this is the remotest, hmm. like, hey, look, the because what Peter has done throughout the text is show how the Psalms reflect what God does through Christ and the work of the church. Would, um, would this be Luke, like, tying back to that? Or would I don't this even, be, like, a fulfillment of prophecy? I don't even think it's, no, I, I think, think it's, it's prophecy. At, at most, sorry. I think the best argument I can make is it's simply it's God working out typological references throughout scripture in the life of the church. I think it has more to do the signs and wonders. Sure. Yeah. Although I, I don't think you're actually, I really yeah, like the I tie into Psalms. Yeah. yeah. I really like the tie into Psalms. I do think that the, the signs and wonders phraseology probably has more to tie to Exodus. Yes, yes, yes. Bringing Absolutely. out of, bringing yeah. out of, out of, right. out of slavery, out of mm-hmm. bondage, new relationship with Absolutely. God, right relationship with yeah. God, freedom, all that kind of stuff. And that these are signs of it. This is yeah. getting back to that 
reconciliation, holiness of God mm. emanating from the people of God who are yeah. free. The font is bursting others. with yeah. healing and exactly. love. It's yeah. that mm-hmm. constant theme of when the Lord is present with his people, the the enemy and the, the affliction. The garden and the comes season. back. The garden comes back mm-hmm. and, the, and the enemy and the evil and all that is thrown out. Yeah. Um, Almost God's kingdom is kind of coming in a way. So <laughs> yeah, something yeah. I've been thinking about with the the Peter idea um, yeah. is if we're talking about restoration, is it a restoration of reflection, right? Because there's kind of this idea that you now represent Christ in a fuller sense, in almost a more restored sense since the the fall, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> that there's there's an I think I talked about it in one of our episodes when I talked about that idolatry book. Um, that when you are brought into right relationship with God, you're better able to complete his mission, which I think is what's happening with Peter there, um, Mm -hmm. where he, he has not just done the work of God, but he's begun to like kind of actualize it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, like, like it's people being bought in and fully becoming agents of Mm -hmm. God's kingdom. Well, I mean, like, even if you add up like the amount of people that, uh, in comparison, Elijah and Elisha. Elisha does many times more than what Elijah does. Yeah. Um, and but what you even see is in comparison, Peter has healed and performed more signs and wonders in this one passage than Elisha did in his entire career, according to that which is written in Scripture. Yeah. So like you're and, all, uh, and arguably, Jesus. arguably, yeah. yeah. Uh, but what I mean is, is that like there are. These, the Old Testament prophets and kings were pointing forward to Christ. What you're seeing here is them living out what Christ did and more, as he said, and pointing to the new creation. Yeah, I, I think to get to, to Joel's point, mm-hmm. because of the new restored relationship with, with God through Christ. Yeah. Yes. And... Christ, I would say, unification with his people by the spirit. Christ sends his spirit yeah. to be to be one, to be in them so that they can be one with him as he is one with the Father, to use phraseology from Jesus. Yes. They are, to your point, just as Jesus was perfectly able to do the Father's will. So now, because they are unified to God... Mm in Christ by the power of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Now they can also do the will of the Father. Does that kind of go where you're Yeah, no, I'm I'm there. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. In is terms that Peter's ability to do these things is, you know, emblematic of, of a better a better likeness of God. Well it's it's right. the it's the ministry of reconciliation coming from yeah. his church. Mm-hmm. Yes. Coming from his people. It is still the ministry of God. It's not Peter's power. It's not that's God working through Peter. Yeah. Right. Um, in terms of what Josh was saying about Elisha and like a continuation of an idea from Elijah, Elisha, Jesus, all that. Um, Mark especially has a lot of ties to Je- uh, to Elisha's ministry through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, allusions to it, stuff like that. Um, and so I think it's fair to say that this is kind of like that. Because Jesus was already in real life doing a lot of the ep- yeah. the prophetic work that the prophets did back well, in the day. And, well, and, and now and Peter's just doing it, but now the fullness of God's kingdom is coming down to 100%. And this, I think, marriages the two ideas that were presented here. I 100% affirm what Caleb just said. 
what I was saying was, is that what you see in the Old Testament is pointing towards what would happen, mm. pointing towards the new creation. And this is the new creation occurring. Okay. This is, those prophets were emblematic typologies of what would occur in Christ and in the church. And that is why when you were pointing out is this seems fuller, this seems greater. This seems like more is happening. Like the, the garden is more here yeah, than it was in Israel. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. because those were signposts to where it would be. Mm-hmm. That it was a guy like Elisha, a guy like Moses, a guy like David. And now we're seeing the actual thing. And so what you're seeing is grander, greater, more of the Holy Spirit and the Lord's work in his people. Right. And so that's why when you see Peter going on the scene, you're going, this guy's doing way more than what you see here or grander things, as Jesus said, is because it's this is the thing they were all pointing towards. Yep. And arguably, yeah. undeniably from God. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Jesus was yeah. before they crucified him. <laughs> and even more so after he raised from from the dead. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> Shall we continue? Yeah, probably. Okay. <laughs> We're about halfway. So <laughs> um but one second, let me just find my there we go. That's your Bible, yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Josh was looking for his Bible. (laughs) We're cutting halfway through a verse this time, so I got to do it right. Uh Uh-oh. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord appeared to the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people with all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to preach. The angel of the Lord comes down. And oh, angel of the right, Lord. right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. You sure it's not the? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no definite article. How do you it's know? It's an article. But sometimes it means the, if you exclude the definite article in Greek. Indeed it does. It yes. be implied. But it's not, it's not. Does it here? There is a. Di- I don't know. <laughs> no, there is a direct. So. There is an article. It's an indefinite article. It's not the absence of the article. So okay, okay. There's a word there. It's it's. It. it would be ice or mia or hen, so which is one. Yep. Or a. So. So who is, do we think this is? An angel of the Lord. <laughs> That's what well, I it's think. Probably, it's probably obviously Michael, Jesus. Right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's not explain that an to angel, anybody. An angel comes down, has a bunch of keys, and opens the door. Wait for our future episode on the angel of the Lord. You have created a terrible heresy, Colton. I have. Get out. <laughs> what? I have? Yeah. I will uh, not explain that for So he opened the prison do door, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's super awesome, bro. Yeah. That's true. It's great. <laughs> um, yeah. Honestly, I don't see any ties. Mm-hmm. Other than the continued of you have life, you're no longer prisoner, new exodus stuff. Yeah. Like it's just continuing on with the they things that previously brought up. And they don't have authority over you either. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I mean, here's a connection to the gospel of there were multiple times where the Sadducees, the, 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 the scribes and the elders and the Pharisees and the leaders of the group, the, the nation tried to kill Jesus. And then Jesus just didn't get killed yeah, just, walked get taken, away. just walked away yeah. and so you're seeing this they've been brought before the Sadducees and then nothing happens now they've been put in prison they just walk out and you're seeing that same thing where it's like no the Lord's got plans and you can't stop them yeah so 
I will admit I didn't do much research on what public jail means. Is that like significantly worse than like a private or like military jail? Hmm. As far as I'm mm. public jail would be a communal jail, right? Well, like I, where there's one pen of people, right? I don't I don't know. That would be that I might actually, be I don't know. that They're, might be forced in. I don't even know when they say public jail, especially if it's if it's the the temple guards. My knowledge of ancient jails is Roman, which are pits. Mm. And I don't know Threw them in a if pit. that over... I don't know if that's the same as the Temple Guards right. jail. I don't know. Sorry, don't know. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, my other guess would be a it's pit, a Roman right? jail, not like... Like the, the Jews in the city might have their own jail and then the Romans might have their own jail. I don't know how that works, but... Mm. Mm. I think that the, the point of this verse, as will be shown later, is to show that the Sadducees have and the Sanhedrin have no power over. Uh, yeah. Have no power over, over. over the new life. They have no. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a way of showing that like even that like, yes, there is the freedom aspect that you emphasize, but also that they don't have power. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because God can just literally open. Well, the door and I think for them. That, that again is is the continuation of the Exodus thing. The gods of Egypt, even the Pharaoh himself, yeah. they don't have any power yeah. over God. Oh. <laughs> yep, gods and kings. Yeah, I man, know. you sounded identical to Lex Luthor in Justice League. Please, what don't. are you talking about? Please don't. <laughs> That's Batman v Superman, not Justice League. No, no, no. He sounded exactly like in the Justice League uh, cartoon. Guys, how oh. are we talking about yeah. like what the prison was when an angel shows up in the New Testament? I know. What those do you mean? Are, those it's not are the only time. Huge deals. Well, of course, pool. it's not the only time. <laughs> that does happen a lot in the Bible. No, I know. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? No, I'm, I'm just, unplugging my mic. No, no, no. Okay. Joel, what, what are you done. trying to emphasize? Don't patronize me, Colton. I'm not. I wanted to talk about angels. I'm Dude, sorry. I'm sorry. Explain to me why. Well, they're probably aliens. You don't know oh take that. Oh, my God. <laughs> that. Is this where you I refuse to be? Yeah, this is what I wanted to this do. Is, this is not how I want my Saturday night to go. No, I was just going to say. <laughs> sorry. Um, what sorry. Role? Joel, we said the exact opposite in the episode. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to be a contrarian. <laughs> I was just going to say, what do you have to say about these and the uh, angels over the different churches in Revelation? Do you think that there's um, some kind of connection here? I think here? this is the one over Smyrna. Oh, could it? Yeah, nice. <laughs> Why Smyrna? I was thinking Laodicea because it's fun to say. Thanks, Josh. Um, I don't know if there's a specific, like, I don't think that there's a specific connection between the, re- like, the ones in Revelation that are representative of the church there. Oh, but you say the representative, not as stewards of those churches. Well, yeah. It's Let's kind not of talk about Revelation. Okay. <laughs> That's not fun. Okay, yeah, I, know. I know. Can I can I make a direct reference to the Old Testament? It's not Revelation, right? <laughs> you have to no. ask? Beautiful. <laughs> is that in the Old in Testament? Daniel twice, there is a story of an angel going with people <laughs> in captivity and rescuing them. Yes. There's the one that is in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm. and there's the one with Daniel and the lion's den that shut the mountains of the lion. Good tie. You know, like yes. the, the pit that they were thrown into the jail, right? <laughs> it's the true, jail. with the lions. Yes. Um, <laughs> And so I think what you're seeing is, again, just like with God's people here, God is also, he has provisions in place and power to act for the benefit of his people to bring them where he wants them to be, to get to the goal that he has. Um, 
And so you see him rescuing Daniel so that because he was seen as faithful. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> so you would just tie that right into the court tale stuff in Daniel. I mean, they like, were brought in front of the court in this story. Cool. I like that. So it's the, there's that. There's also the, again, Daniel's again is where we get the passages of the son of man that goes up. Yeah. The Davidic like King that goes up. And so you're seeing again, a direct reference to the beginning of acts. So the book of Daniel and the rescuing of his, of his holy ones. That is true. Um, um I think it's also just, just, oh, it is a layering on of how much God is with them. Mm-hmm. He's healing all these people through them. He's providing for his church. And now he is directly saving his people um, by sending an angel. Yeah. It's just this constant reminder that God is with his church. Yeah. So that's got to throw a wrench into the priests and chief temple guards plans because yeah. they're still in the prison as far as they're aware. Well, because they also realize that they're the naked, they're the uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's in this story. I don't think they realize that, but yes. No. <laughs> I think they are. If they're the, the, if the they're Saul the, connection was better. <laughs> if they're the people that are opposing the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's Saul connection. connection sometimes. Yeah. The yeah. Saul connection, they know the right answer. They've seen yeah. it before their very eyes, but they cannot and will not change. Yeah. Next section. Caleb, you seem frustrated. No, I'm as happy as can be. <laughs> no, I'm somewhat putting it on. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now we'll finish this verse and then, guys, we're almost done. It's so fun. Um, where's the end? There we go. <laughs> There's a lot of verses. I was going to say, we're not that. It's a lot of verses in this one. Guys, that's why we're almost at the end. We're reading like over half of it. There is a lot of interesting stuff that happens here. Yeah. So, Josh. Now, when the high priests came and those who were with them, they called together the council, all the Senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the stuff officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and guards sounded at the doors, standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with those officers went and brought them with, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in his name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings, and you were intended to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than man. And the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Beat down. Awesome. Yeah. It is also kind of like a throwback to... um, Four, chapter 4 verse 19 when they're like hey don't keep preaching Jesus and then Peter answers you killed him no 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 whether it's <laughs> I mean, right yeah. whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than him <laughs> you be the judge <laughs> and then this time they're like hey what are you doing 
We're listening to God. Yeah, we're yeah. not listening to you. You have no authority. But I over do us. love that every time Peter's in front of a group of people, he just starts accusing people yep. of the most heinous crime. You killed the author of life. <laughs> you keep trying to say that we killed Jesus. You killed Jesus. <laughs> Literally said, "May his blood be on us and our children." What's cool? Yeah, I will see. The thing that I noticed, and what's cool, is every time Peter accuses them of killing Christ, which they did, is he brings up a different Old Testament passage that directly references Christ's crucifixion and the curse and redemption brought upon it. Mm. Is in Cursed be everyone upon that hangs upon, upon a tree. A tree. That's yep. Right, yep. right. And then you have the author of life and blah, blah, blah. And then the first one, you have the Davidic and the Moses connections. Yeah. And so he's every single sermon, he's giving a typology through the entire Bible yeah. of like, hey, just Different like threads. this, just like this, just like this. And so it's like he's like you were saying, like they don't have a loose Christology. They have a big one because he's pulling it from every passage of the Bible. Yeah. Like. Very is, high Christological articulation. Yeah, which is awesome. And so, yeah. I just think that's cool that he keeps doing that every time. Yep. Do you think, he says, God exalted him at his right hand as leader and mm-hmm. savior to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. This is before the gospel is being proclaimed to the Gentiles, yep. and this is before Cornelius. Mm-hmm. Do you think in Peter's mind, he still thinks this is just for Israel? Yes. Okay. Or I think so too. I don't. I think that for most of them that were because after spoilers after Stephen stoning, there are passages that say that many of the Jews were scattered. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't really the or not the Jews. The uh, Christians were scattered. They weren't really welcome in Jerusalem anymore. So they went to a bunch of different cities. Many of which this, uh, went to Cyprus, to Antioch, stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and started proclaiming the gospel to Gentiles who were then filled with the Spirit. And later on, it's reported that these things are reported in chapter mm-hmm. ten um, about to Peter. So yeah, and, I and do think that Peter, Samaria being the one that he goes to, yes, and that's the big deal, which is still kind of technically, but Jewish. that's but that's because it's fifty fifty. Yes, because the, you have that, and you have Cornelius's house, and there's this like easing into this development of, yeah, this is for everybody. And God yeah, has 50, to directly and the total and yeah. the the going out to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And there is the direct in the direct message from God to Peter to be like, hey, this is more than just Jews. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. just once, but three times. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, this is not just Jews. This is for everybody. And so, are you saying then that when Jesus said to Jerusalem? to the world, to the other places, and then to the whole world. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that Peter and the disciples, or at least Peter, thought this as the Jews in those places? Yeah. The diaspora. I think that that's what he's thinking still in this passage Mm. at at that time. Mm. Yep. Which I think, based off of the Old Testament, makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of reasons why he would think that it's just for the Jews. Mm -hmm. Not just because, Well, he hasn't brought up... He hasn't brought up Isaiah stuff yet. Like he's yep. brought up stuff he from a little bit in um, chapter three. He does. Does he? Yeah. When he talks about the, um, I, I wrote it in my, cause Isaiah is really the, the old Testament prophet that really goes the whole yep. Gentiles will be brought in, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That major thrust. That's yeah, the, the servant and all that. Um, the suffering servant. Does he bring that up? Yep. Okay. Then I stand corrected. It's more than just that, but yeah. 
Well, yeah. It might be at least that Peter is going through some cognitive dissonance. Sure. Like, well, it also, he's just, he is not educated. Yeah. He does also ask Jesus, will, like, will the kingdom, like, will you come to restore the kingdom of Israel and his people? Like, Mm -hmm. will your kingdom come? He's like, well, yes, but not yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Then chapter three, he says to the Jews, he has come to fulfill all things and make, uh, and bring Israel back to its glory, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not the exact wording, Mm -hmm. but. um, But he does, in this passage, he kind of does say that the forgiveness of sins Mm. For the people of Israel. Yep. And all the people that are, are saved are pretty explicitly mentioned to be Jews. Yeah. Yes. Um, could he be doing something similar by accident at least? Or like because he's preaching to Jews, he's preaching to Jews? Uh, or in the Pauline sense of he's, he's being a Jew speaking Jew. about. I, I think because of yeah. how heavy handed God has to be for Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. for Peter. Yeah. Um, and then even a softer version of it comes up between mm-hmm. him and him and Paul later. Paul. And, uh, they have a whole council about it. Yeah. Like, we, what yeah. do we do? Like, yeah, they're Christians, but maybe they need to be culturally more like Jews. Or maybe they're not yeah. quite as pure as yeah. us Christians. Peter, Jewish like Christians. the rest of us. Yeah. We, we covered center. the yeah. book of Galatians. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. has a whole thing about this. And this was Paul's first missionary journey. Right. Or second. So early on in the Christian life, it's yeah. one of the two. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so I think seeing how heavy-handed God has to be with about the issue with Peter in Acts, yeah. and then how there's a softer version of the issue brought up later on by Paul, mm-hmm. um, I think that this is a, a disposition that Peter has. Yeah. It's it's his failing that he brings <laughs> to the table. Um, and you also have, again, later on, Paul in the book of Romans does his whole discourse on Israel. Um Israel yep. and the kingdom and stuff like that. And it's, he's, he's, it's complicated and that's what makes it difficult to approach that passage. But it talks about the relationship between Israel and Israel as the kingdom and the kingdom as the whole and the church as Israel. And it, yeah, there, there's some, at some point we're going to yeah. have to do a whole episode just on yep. the yeah. relationship between the church, Israel and Christ covenant and the old yeah. covenants. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Romans covers that yeah. entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this 2,000 years of the seed of Abraham inheriting the uh, from mm-hmm. 2000 BC to now, basically, or this time, yeah. mm-hmm. this idea that is through Abraham's seed that mm-hmm. um, the chose, God's chosen people are, are called, are, yeah. are chosen, essentially, and to be the light of the world and salt of yeah. the earth and all that. But now Gentiles are being spread to. But in these verses... I think it's fair to say that Peter still has that mindset. I think so. Yeah. That old that's, mindset. That's all we're that's well, all we're pointing at. Yeah. 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 Um, and so she's not out of character for him. Yeah. Yeah. We strictly charged you not to teach in his name. Yet here you are filled. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. You called for it yourself. Yeah. You said mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but there isn't the consequences of my own actions. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he is making a very direct, like when, when Peter, in, especially in chapter three, he says, you, all of you, but he also is pointing to the Jews and those who are in charge as you are the ones who crucified the, the, like the pr- prince of princes, the king, well, the author the of God. life. Yeah. The author, um, exactly. The author, the author of, of life. life. And we he should, even goes like, and that's when 
Pilate wanted to set him free. Yep. Yeah. And then he says, only after all of you are saved will the time of refreshing come. Isaiah's time of refreshing where the world will be made new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to read that last verse again because this is, this is an interesting thing to talk about. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do we think about that last part? I mean, it's... I think it's doubly an insult and a reaffirmation that they're right. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a backhanded like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it it echoes the should we listen to you instead of God? Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. like where well, do you get and your he's authority? directly tying yeah. the notions of listening and obedience. Yeah. The Shema. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Which is <laughs> well, and he's calling on, um, Isaiah. And Ezekiel, yep. where he's the, I will give you mm. my spirit, yep. new heart. Uh, uh, not Isaiah, sorry. Jeremiah, Isaiah has like a hint of it. Mm-hmm. But specifically Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Isaiah, um, where it's the, I will give you a heart that will be able to obey me. Right. Yeah. And it's, but That's it's also point. interesting is it's, it's, it's the same, it's inherently the connection that James makes, which is obedience comes from faith. Mm-hmm. And... That they're inseparable. Mm-hmm. And so... That's because a very Protestant way to phrase it. <laughs> yes. I ain't even disagreeing, but all right. Yeah. Well, no, it's <laughs> the, because that passage is going to get brought up in that argument yeah. of, well, way I thought you got it when you had faith. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that requires, if yes. you have, if you have a faith that works, it works. <laughs> a working faith is one that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Yeah. So the Jews, and I say the Jews, the Sanhedrin get really mad. And so what do they do about it, Josh? When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside of for a little while. And he said to the men of Israel, take care what you are about to do to these men. For before these days, Thaddeus rose up and claimed to be somebody and a number of men about 400 joined him he was killed and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing after him judas the galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him he too perished and all who followed him were scattered so in the present case i tell you Keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this understanding is of men, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them glow. Let them go. Let them glow. (laughs) (laughs) Like the light on the top of the hill. Um, Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from the house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. Yeah. Gamaliel's smart dude. Yep. There's a, there's a lot of things that we should talk about here quickly, but um, I think the first one is, Hey, I know that name. Mm-hmm. Gamaliel. We know that name. The audience Paul's might not. dead. No. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, yes. Yeah. He's Paul's teacher. 
Yes. Yeah. Rabbi. So first question and most important one. Was Paul, Saul, there at the Sanhedrin? I doubt it. Why? Uh, closed doors. Sanhedrin. Fair enough. Young yeah. dude. Like he was, maybe. He was. But he'd only go, be there because going Amelia to be, be a full. Like there's. It's probable that he would have eventually joined the Sanhedrin. Yeah. Yep. Well, we, we had the whole conversation about Jewish sex. Jeez <laughs> um, Louise. Anyway. You brought that on yourself. That's my own we fault. We were here I'm ready to go through when it. You I'm say a child. The word, you have to slow down and pronounce the C before the T. Anyway, <laughs> in that episode, we, we talked about the uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, stuff like that, and their, their fate. Um, do you know that based on, do you, do you know whether or not, based on your research, whether their followers and lead disciples would be there with them at the Sanhedrin, or was it very much just the, the Sadducees and Pharisees? Didn't read anything about it, and I don't think we probably will. <laughs> right. Every available knowledge I have is that it was just those guys. Right. I just thought it would be interesting yeah, if, yeah. to think that Paul was there. But because I, I, Saul's in the sense. area. Yes. Because he's going to show up in a few chapters. He's not that far <laughs> off. Two chapters. Do you find it interesting that Gamaliel gets up and goes, okay, hold on. Cool it, guys. So if it's nothing, mm-hmm. if it's like whatever. They'll die. It'll just burn off whatever. This, God, it's God a fade. If it's, if it's a fad, it's a fad. Well, but if it's from God... Don't want to be found opposing it, okay? Everybody's like, cool, 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 cool. That sounds good, good. Bring him back in. Beat him. <laughs> well, that, that gets into my second question. Did Gamaliel believe that the Jew, that the uh, that what Peter was saying would, might have been true? Can, can I give a pseudo answer? Oh, from the way he talks, I think it. If I can imply, if I can read into the text, which you're not supposed to do. Oh, it seems as though he's scared, as if it's true. Mm, interesting. I I see it differently. I actually, okay, you remember Chernobyl, the TV show? Oh, I thought yes. you meant like the event. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no I wasn't yeah. born no, yet. The TV show. I do know about it. Remember how they're all arguing in the beginning of the first episode over what to do about the Chernobyl event? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then everybody quiets when the old man in the corner yes, stands yes. up and talks. That's what I imagine because they, 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 they point out that he's respected and honored amongst the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's it's as if the like... You've got the old guy in the corner who's not saying anything and just watching the group mm-hmm. have their argument. And then he shows up, says something, and then everybody goes, ah, yes, wise man speaks. <laughs> like, and then they just like, they, they go do whatever. Except and they just, beat him. Except they beat him. Um, <laughs> yeah. He kind of seems like, like he's wrong, but he is a wise man. Like, like he's hedging his bets. He He's not going to out... He's the kind of guy that's just going to sit and watch an event play out before he makes a decision and that he's kind of just watching the disciples do their thing. And he won't outright say they're wrong, even if he's a Pharisee, but he won't say they're right. And he's just watching. He also kind of like Nicodemus. Gamaliel is closer to an academic than he is to a political figure. Yeah. Um, He was known actually as one of the rabbis that studied Greek philosophy Mm -hmm. um, and integrated it into Jewish thought. Which is probably why Paul being his student, quoted Greek philosophy so much. He split his school up. He had, at some points, some people say up to 5,000 students, which mm. is crazy. Right. Um, it's, it doesn't even sound correct to me because I'm like, <laughs> that would be the largest group in the mm-hmm. Pharisee sect. Anyways, but um, half would be studying Greek and half would be studying Hebrew. Mm. Like he would actually have different sections studying 
different mm. uh, I, types of literature. That only feeds my idea. Like, yeah, he seems absolutely. to be a guy that's just like yeah, yeah. I watched. I still watch I don't know. it play out. It seems like the stakes that he has in it is is begins at least as intellectual. Well, yeah, and you you even like his argument is even just let it be and see what happens. See, yeah. that's he could, but I think for me the tacking on of yeah, or you could be found opposing God. There's yes. a, like a hint of like. If you're wrong, if right. we're wrong, because we're the Sanhedrin, yes. he's part of the Sanhedrin. Yeah. If we're wrong, I don't want to be opposing God. And so I think that yeah. there's a hint of, I don't want to mess this up. And so, well, yes, there's like a standoffness. Yeah. But I think that there's also, he's afraid. Yes. That if it is. Well, and I, but I. Because he doesn't want to oppose God. And so they decide to beat but him the anyway. the that I <laughs> that I mean is it's not, it's not an apathetic standoffish. It's the, I want to make sure I'm making the right decision before I make it. And that fear is why that that fear either out of terror or respect in the biblical sense. Right. But it, basically the argument, not Josh, yeah. you might be disagreeing, but this is more my position. Yeah. Um, is it apathy or is it fear is the reason why this is not not apathy. Is it he doesn't want to interject because he doesn't feel like it's going to be, well, either politically or spiritually or philosophically viable for him or, or the group? Mm -hmm. Or like, is it going to look bad on us? That kind of thing. Or is it because, oh my gosh, these guys might be right. Um, if he's playing 3D chess, sorry, like, <laughs> we're reading so chess much into this. Well, no, but that's what I mean is that I think for Except the for apathy to be the case, if he has to, you have to be playing 3D chess with the passage. Whereas if it is the opposing God, like Caleb was presenting, where he's saying, hey, we're opposing God if we're wrong, then he's being direct. Then he's saying, out of fear, we should not oppose God. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think at least for this pseudo argument, mm -hmm. uh, I lie on the, uh, he is doing this more cynically. He's not doing this for the, because he's afraid of the apostles or because he's, um, he thinks they could be right, but simply because it benefits him and the Sanhedrin the best. Maybe. Uh, although Caleb and Josh, I guess you could, no. guys could both be right. I, I see it more as the, he is, dismissing for more like uh, political reasons. I, I, to Colton's point, I see a lot of commentators go that way hmm. that he's, he's like, Hey, there's these two other groups that were nothing. We won't have to do anything to them. Yeah. Again, again, then yeah. at least for me again, yeah. then the text would end with, w without the, mm -hmm. Or we could be that's found fair. opposing. Yeah, and that's I, fair. I think that that yeah. tag on for me, yeah, is is what well, also where I get my what that word means. Not in Greek, is significant. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's 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 what I mean. Is if he yeah. if he is a mindful student of the Old Testament, mm -hmm. which he is, then the idea of God moving and yeah. doing something new in his community, which he says he will, and at different times in the Old Testament he does, which he would know. Yeah. Because what he's saying is that I don't want to be found opposing. Well, because that word oppose is basically saying is that if we do this, then we are being Satan to God. Mm -hmm. We are opposing him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's, yeah. For me, it's that yeah. sentence. I that sentence is. Yeah. If, I don't know if I agree, but I think it's. Yeah, it's a compelling. It's, it's possible. Yeah. I yeah. think all three of these. Oh, yeah. Is, is probably. Again, the text doesn't really say no what Gamaliel's position is. Yeah. And I so think anything we present present here is reading into the text. Yeah. I, I think it would be super cool. We stayed a long time on reading if, into the text. Yeah. I think it would be super cool if when we get to the new world and we get to see Paul and Gamaliel 
if Gamaliel's there, well, like if he that, made the right decision. That's the thing. That's why yeah. I kind of go. I, yeah. I don't think that he actually becomes a Christian after this. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know if he does either. Yeah. Yeah. I think based um, on how Paul, unless he's him, been hanging out with Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I go with Nicodemus. Probably was a believer. But yeah, um, Gamaliel. Uh, at least how Paul talks about him when he references his like. I'm Pharisee of Pharisees, descended from yeah. Gamaliel and all that. He kind of references him in more of the Jewish way rather than him being a believer. In, in yeah, I, I, just because he has the fear of what could be no. doesn't mean that he yeah. makes faith, that he jumps to, no. to faith. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Though the fear of the wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, and but if so, he keeps that fear, yes. Lower than his fear of losing his power in the Sanhedrin. Absolutely. Then, or, Absolutely. His, or his mass of yeah. students. Yeah. Then, yeah. My, oh, continue. Oh, I was just going to say, so they beat them. They suffer. They are count, they are, they rejoice for being counted worthy of suffering yeah. for Christ. Yes. What do you guys make of that? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jesus' direct statement of, if you follow me. Of if you're in this group, they will beat you, they will attack you, they will persecute you in my name, and mm. and so what Peter and John are saying is, we did it, we're obeying, we we're we're following God, we're following Jesus, we're doing what He said, and the thing that He said would happen if we <laughs> obey, so the is happening in the Beatitudes, the last one, yeah, uh, Matthew five, eight, uh. Sorry, 11. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely mm-hmm. on my account. Mm-hmm. So like you're going around teaching yeah. these evil things, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. They persecute them. They do. They do these things. Yeah. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for you, for they also persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, John 22. I want to say in Gethsemane that they will reject me because they've rejected me. Yeah. They will reject them too. Yeah. He says it explicitly to the apostles multiple times. And yep. Jesus again refers to, he says that you'll be brought up before Kings and courts and, and rulers and magistrates. Yep. And that is an opportunity for you to preach the yeah. word of God. But I think it's, it's the connection in the Beatitudes is the yeah. rejoice and be like, right. Hey, if yeah. this happens, rejoice. And they right. do. They're like, Hey, we yeah. suffered on account of, well, the thing is that we're, we were doing the right things, guys. I, I think the interesting part of this phrase is that we all agree like, yeah, ma'am, we got through it. Yeah. It's the specific word worthy that they felt mm-hmm. themselves worthy of suffering mm-hmm. um, for God's name. Yeah. Um, it is. The, what do you think, Joel, for the, the worthy part? Why, why would they say that? Why would they think that that's so important? I mean, they want to suffer as Christ suffered, essentially, right? Like, yeah. Um, I think martyrdom pops up pretty early. Right? I think this it's the kind of uh, related to that. Yeah, I think I think your your hook on to Christ, yeah, Christ suffering, yeah. It is like you have in Hebrews, you have the for it is perfect. What is it? Mm-hmm. It's for it is perfect, or oh, uh, it is it is good. I forget the phrase that the founder and perfecter of our faith was made perfect through suffering. The Lord found it fitting. Right. Yeah. The Lord found it fitting. Yeah. That the, fa- that the founder of our faith was made, made perfect, perfect through suffering. Through suffering. Um, and the idea that we can participate in that, that the very means by which our salvation is bought 
we participate in it. And suffering is brought that uh, suffering produces godliness mm-hmm. in Romans. And this is not just for them, like suffering being thrown in jail or whatever. They were literally beaten mm-hmm. yeah. with whips flogged. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, that's a significant, uh, significant punishment for mm-hmm. simply speaking what they believe. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and just speak more. Yep. Yep. And they never stop teaching. Yeah. It's awesome. I like Acts, guys. This is great. It's good. It's good. Acts is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I, I know I say that a lot, but it really is. Oh, I also... Did I finish? Did we finish? Yes. We yeah. did finish. Yeah. Mm. Um, there is also... Okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, Peter is recorded saying something very similar about this on his deathbed. Oh. When he says... When they want to crucify him... Yeah. And he said, crucify me upside down because I am not worthy to be crucified in the manner right. that Jesus You're was right. crucified. Good time. And so what do you think about that? Was the, I'm being like Christ, but then in, his final, <laughs> in his final moment, well, no, because it's also like, would that have, because people try to go with the idea of like, that would have been worse, would have been more painful or the, the, yeah. The what is the purpose of being what? Why would he think that being crucified upside down is any le- is like I'm not worthy to be crucified in this manner? I think it just it could just be that that's how my Lord was crucified. Yeah, I mm-hmm. if to go out the same way, mm-hmm. anything but I don't I don't deserve the same punishment. Like I don't deserve that loftiness that he had. Yeah, where they yeah. even just the association, is, yeah. even if it's yeah. just the same thing. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. not the level of pain. If it's just the same thing, just alter it because I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel my, like I'm not the one who's being put up on that cross. Yeah, I shouldn't be. He already did for me that kind of yeah. and the reverence there. Yeah, yeah, it's still it's it, it's interesting that he it, uses the same phrase. It might be one of the, the a sign that the one of the things that you see is the 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 crucifix mm-hmm. doesn't really come in as a symbol of Christianity until. Just a, around Constantine, not Constantine specifically, but yeah. around then, like third, right, third at century, least mainly. Yeah. yeah, but you do see at least if that's true, what you're saying there with the with the Peter not wanting to be mm-hmm. crucified like his Lord, that there is a reverence, yeah, given to the idea of a man on a cross. Yeah, that's 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 Christ. the ultimate suffering. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't be a man on a cross in the same way. Cause that's, that's the, yep. that's the image of, well, building up that it, it my, might be that in like, it's the ultimate humility. Hmm. It's the, it's the, like there's the, I don't want to be like the guy that I hold up, mm-hmm. but it's also, I know for a fact as a sinner and I'm not Christ is that I can't measure up to him. I am not like him. I, I attempt and I emulate and I have the spirit and, I follow him, but ultimately I cannot be him. Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's that, it's the, it's, it's almost like it's the, it's the, the, the denial of self is lived out in his death. That mm-hmm. like, he's, he's starting to have those, like, he's about to go be with his savior. Like those yeah. things of the, like, yeah. no, I am not worthy to be saved. I'm not worthy to be all these things. And that it's, yeah. it's almost as if he's talking to God. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I'm excited for the next chapter. Chapter six is going to be awesome. There's a lot of stuff that comes from this. Yeah. 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 
Um, like more imprisonment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and somebody dies, but well, well. no spoilers. And yeah, a lot the, of great things. Yeah. Uh, 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 somebody Don't worry, dies. there's tons of stuff to look somebody forward to. Somebody dies, and uh, the new main character shows up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, or what is it? Uh, a new challenger approaches <laughs> da, 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 the Pokeball. That is how it starts. And then you get to play as him later. Um, <laughs> Joel, do you want to wrap this up for us? So you just said you get to play as him later. And I just, I immediately thought of a video game about Paul. And Apostles Creed is just such a good name. Anyways. Um, <laughs> it's like an Assassin's <laughs> Creed. <laughs> But like cheap you're, you're just hiding Bibles. Places. Well, what's funny is because Assassin's Creed does take place in Jerusalem, so you could just use the same assets. What? You could use the same engine? The yeah. First the first one does? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, Altair is in Jerusalem. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. That's why the Apple of Eden is there. That makes less sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that no, because it's the trip. garden city. Okay. Um, this has been Second wow. Rate States. We had to put in a quick quick spiral there at the end just for for our uh, long-time listeners if you'd like to support the um ongoing ministry of second-rate saints not sure what to call it. is it ministry yeah ministry mm-hmm. makes sense something like that if you'd like to support second-rate saints go to buymeacoffee.com slash second-rate saints um if you'd like to get in contact with us you can email us at second-rate saints at gmail.com um or you can comment under our youtube videos or our chat feature on our website um, to keep up with things that we've got going on, uh, check out our Instagram and our X, um, Twitter. Anyways, uh, have a have a great week. We'll see, we'll see you next week. Just end it. Um, I fear for my life. Why? I don't know. Just <laughs> something to do. <laughs> <laughs>